You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Today we have a very special guest. We have Ducks Unlimited CEO, Adam Putnam. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you uh, letting me on on like your 55th episode. I'm not sure who you have to know to get on a little earlier around here, but thanks for thinking of me. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Maybe our timing is a little bit off, but hey, we're kicking off season three with the CEO for sure. (laughs) Season three is when I get in. Well, thank you. Sorry about that. Hey, before we dive into, you know, what I really brought you on the show to do is kind of address a state of the organization to address our audience, address DU supporters out there. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple, eh, probably, you know, personal questions. And so knowing that you've been associated with DU since you were 16, I want to know what was the one thing that when you took the reins at Ducks Unlimited that you were like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that DU does those sorts of things. I know when I started with DU, I was a volunteer for years and I walked in and I was like, man, I didn't know anything about Ducks Unlimited. So what was that one thing that really stuck out to you? Well, you know, interestingly, as a guy who, you know, came into DU the way a lot of people do, uh, you know, I was 16, I went to my first banquet with my older brother and my dad and, you know, just fell in love with everything about it and got to see the volunteers in action. But I was only seeing the volunteers in action in the Bartow Mulberry chapter in Central Florida, right? So now I come in and I see that the volunteers are the key to everything. They're not just the key to selling an extra table or getting an extra auction item or raffle item. They make everything happen around this place. And when it comes to a year like 
the disaster that 2020 has been, volunteers are the difference between us hitting our conservation goals and keeping the lights on and other nonprofits that are struggling to exist in a post-COVID world. The difference between us and and folks who aren't going to make it are 45,000 volunteers. And so when things are good, those volunteers are the flywheel effect that really amplify all the good that DU does. When things are bad and you can't do events and dinners and you can't gather, those volunteers, because they're as invested in the outcomes of the mission of DU as you or I am, then they're the difference between success and failure. And so I have a, I came in with an appreciation for our volunteers. I now have a profound gratitude for what they do for us because they are fully invested in making sure that we're successful. Man, that's a great point. Our volunteers definitely are, are completely invested in what Ducks Unlimited does and you know really carry the weight of the organization. So one more question, one more personal question before I let you really get into the state of the organization is, as the Ducks Unlimited CEO, um, I know you have a background as a waterfowl hunter, but when you started at DU, I'm sure that you got some opportunities. Maybe it was with a TV show. Maybe it was with some volunteers last fall. What was one place that that you've been able to waterfowl hunt where you just kind of sat up and looking around just like, man, this this is spectacular. Like, I can't believe I'm even here. You know, growing up uh, in Florida, uh, you know, we did a little bit of waterfowl hunting in, in our state, chased Osceola turkeys, chased those little old deer that everybody else makes fun of. But, you know, coming in and DU and being able to hunt each of the flyways, you know, from a sink box on the Outer Banks in one of the last counties where that's allowed, all the way up to, uh, to the prairies, which are truly the duck factory, it gives you a, a, just a, a profound appreciation for how remarkable the whole migration experience really is. And what each of those flyways is experiencing in terms of challenges and opportunities for those birds and what our work is as, a, as an organization and how it varies from the Chesapeake Bay to the Texas Gulf Coast to the prairies to the, you know, to the Central Valley of California, you know, having that perspective now. But uh, uh, I got to say, working for DU, uh, it, it has certainly given me the opportunity to have some pretty darn cool hunts. Uh, and some of my most fun times were with some of those crazy Cajuns. And man, our <laughs> heart just breaks for them because there are places where I hunted last year that were underwater as a result of Hurricane Laura. And so that just breaks your heart. But uh, nobody's tougher than those Cajuns and they're going to rebuild. Absolutely. All right. So now that we've we've talked about the hunting aspect, the hunting side of things, and, and kind of your personal perspectives on DU, let's get down to the nitty gritty on the business side. Can you kind of address you know, these last six months, um, the organization has just gone through massive changes quickly, you know, transitioning to virtual with several different things. Um, and, and not only on the event fundraising side, but all across on the conservation side, the policy side, these things are changing so rapidly. And, and I just wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of provide a state of the organization where we're at, you know, where we started in March to where we're at now. And then also looking at the fall, I mean, we're kicking fall off this week, you know, once September comes, you know, that's our audience is here, you know, we're looking at ready for events, fundraising, duck hunting. I mean, we're getting fired up. Can you kind of address this going into fall where Ducks Unlimited stands? 
this is an example uh, where I really get to to uh, to brag a little bit about the whole team and about our volunteers. April is our biggest fundraising month of the year. There are more events, more high dollar events, more big city events in April uh, than any other month of the year. And so uh, we were on track coming off the heels of 2019, which was a record year for Ducks Unlimited. We were on track to meet or exceed that in 2020. And then about March 16th, the wheels came off the bus and the cascade of local restrictions meant that we canceled 2,000 events that would have hosted somewhere around 150, 160,000 attendees. And those 150,000 attendees would have been buying raffle tickets, buying drink tickets, bidding on art, going home with a shotgun, you know, at multiple levels, helping the organization. Every one of them would have been renewing their membership with each ticket that they purchased. So everything crashed and burned at that point. You lost raffle sales, you lost gun sales, you lost all your events, you lost the, re- the membership renewals. I mean, every metric we track went in the ditch. Mm-hmm. But within three weeks, our staff and volunteers on those events migrated online. And that was that was an idea that had been kicked around, but it was always kind of rejected. Like, you, you can't replicate a DU event. The whole point is to be there, to be in person. We're social creatures. That's why we're bird hunters. We love to gather. And, uh, and you know, there was a little bit of, you know, are guys really going to adapt to new technologies? To, you know, we're not really Zoom kind of people. <laughs> well, we all are Zoom people now. Yeah, and we so, became quickly. That's right. We learned fast, and so did our supporters. And so the migration of those events on to uh, a virtual platform meant that, uh, you know, instead of losing 2,000 events, it meant that we were putting events back on the calendar, but in a very different way. So we had to adapt, be nimble, be agile, and our volunteers helped make that happen. And so it wasn't a total wipeout. It was bad. It was ugly. It hurt. But it wasn't a total wipeout because of the team effort and the creativity that went into those virtual events. And so here we are, you know, back in March, we thought, well, you know, maybe by 4th of July, this is all over and fall's going to be normal. There was a sense that this was a temporary global adventure. You know, I know that's what I told my daughter when her prom was canceled and then her graduation was canceled and every cool thing that happens your senior year is canceled. I'm like, well, you know, but it'll be over soon and by fall, it'll be normal. Well, now we know that's not the case. We know that fall is going to be disrupted and and who knows, spring may be disrupted as well. But we're doing live in-person events in localities where it's legal and healthy and safe to do it. We're getting better at virtual events. Local chapters are, are, are certainly rolling up their sleeves and making things happen. We had more events in the summer than we've ever had before uh, in ways that were safe, whether it was a fishing tournament or a sporting clay shoot or some other outdoor activity that was that people were safe and comfortable with. So we're making it happen. You know, we're, we're finding ways to skin the cat a different way. And that's what that's the why DU's lasted 83 years, you know. That's why we survived the Depression, survived, you know, World War II and a whole bunch of other uh, challenges that this country has faced. We challenges, we, we, you know, we've survived uh, droughts in the prairies that meant really bad season limits and, and, uh, and bag limits. Uh, and through it all, we find a way to get through it. And, and that's exactly what's happening now. And I feel very good about the, 
the financial stability of our organization, the strength of our volunteers. And throughout all of this, I mean, if the reason why you're a DU member, and there's a lot of good reasons to be a DU member, you know, the camaraderie, the experience, the fun of the events, the opportunity to go home with a new shotgun. But if conservation's why you're a member, if that's your driving mission, the way that it's the driving mission fundamentally for this organization, then you ought to be real proud of what we've done. Because our biologists and our engineers throughout COVID found a way to exceed our pre-COVID habitat delivery goals. And last year, we conserved 606,000 acres when the rest of the world had shut down. In fact, it gave us an opportunity to accelerate projects because people weren't in the way. And um, so that's pretty remarkable uh, that, that throughout all of this, the underlying mission of DU had a record-breaking year. And we're going to build on that next year. And, and you know, we're just going to keep fighting. We're going to keep chopping that wood. And uh, we look forward to a fall that while it will be disrupted, the things, the lessons that we learned in the spring are going to make us smarter and leaner and meaner. And, and we all hope to be back in those duck blinds this fall at a safe social distancing level. But um, the birds are going to be there. The birds are going to be there because... Uh, you know, Mother Nature gets to vote last and, uh, and all the ordinances and restrictions and CDC guidelines in the world, that, mere, the, that miraculous fall flight is going to take place. And there's going to be some avid DU members out in the marshes to take advantage of it. Yeah, that's awesome. The birds certainly are not going to be worried about following CDC guidelines or anything. But like you said, you know, uh, safe distancing, hunting, um, it's a great opportunity. Um, and I think right now it's in early fall. Everyone's starting to think about it. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the the transition to virtual and how that worked. And I know I personally have taken part in several virtual events. And, and the, from the first one that I attended, the, the next one got a little better and the next one got a little better. And, and man, just to see that that very smooth, seamless transition as, as our regional directors and our volunteers really put that time in and, and really they've been able to, to get these events that are really awesome. And if anybody out there is looking for a current virtual event in their area, they can just visit ducks.org slash events and find them. Um, there's a complete list of events right there. But one big event that's coming up and it's coming up pretty quick. Um, the 83rd National Convention. And Ducks Limit National Convention is always a big deal. It's a, it's a great opportunity for our volunteers to get together and celebrate successes. And, and, and this year, we're going virtual with the convention. Can you kind of talk about how that, you know, whole process took place as, as we started looking at, oh man, maybe we're not going to be able to have the convention this year. You know, kind of talk about it from your perspective. You know, from my perspective, this is yet another in a long line of disappointments in the year. You know, we were going to host the convention in, in Florida, my home state. And of course, that was something that was booked years ago, but it, it kind of worked out in a, in a cool coincidence. And I was excited about it. And our volunteers in Florida were excited about welcoming a bunch of crazy waterfowlers to Orlando in May. And of course, that that got postponed pretty quick. It was obvious that May wasn't going to work, so we punted to September. And then, you know, as we got into summer and and uh, the, the number of cases rose and around the country, it, it became obvious we were going to need to migrate the entire convention into a virtual one. And uh, and this is an area where we're all trying to learn again. And and you know, one of the keys to our success in mo moving into a virtual platform, whether it's for an a local event or for something as massive as a, as a convention, we've all had a good sense of humor about it. 
we've all, you know, doled out a lot of grace with each other as we've been patient and learned where the mute button was and learned how mm-hmm. to operate all of this. And uh, and our convention, I think, because you're right, everyone has learned so quickly. It's going to be a really cool opportunity because there will be people who were not planning on attending the convention. There'll be people who maybe have never been to a DU convention who from the comfort of their home in their, in, you know, in their stretchy pants can sit there and bid on a convention package auction item and can see what a convention is all about. And I hope that some portion of them are going to fall in love with what they see in a virtual environment and want to be there for the 84th convention in New Orleans next May and, and, and be be addicted to those conventions the way that uh, over a thousand people have been on an annual basis uh, for the last number of years. So that virtual convention really is going to break into about three parts. You know, one is the the board of directors meeting, which always is a part of the convention. One is our business session, uh, which, you know, which may have more eyeballs who see it uh, than we would if we had had the normal convention because it's going to last on our website for people to click on and see different portions of at their convenience to hear from our president, Doug Schoenrock, to hear from our chairman, Raj Hoyt from Victoria, Texas, to get an update on the, the finances of DU and, and where your membership dues are going and, and how they translate into 600,000 acres of conservation on the ground. And we're going to have a family reunion, you know, the the the, the live online auction and family reunion portion that's going to happen on September 24th, where there's going to be, you know, a Zoom platform where you can, you know, check in with watch parties in different states around the country, auction a couple of items, maybe have a special musical guest sing a few songs, sell a few more items, uh, hear from some of our most devoted volunteers, get the official invitation from, uh, from our friends in New Orleans to the next convention. So it's going to be a fun, exciting uh, opportunity to to gather with friends and participate in a -a one-of-a-kind auction uh, that anyone in the whole country uh, can participate in. So, you know, we're making uh, lemonade out of lemons with that. And and I think there's a lot of lessons we're learning throughout this crisis that will last years into the future, even in a post-COVID world. No, yeah, that's great. And I'll just want to, I just want to add in there, uh, I've attended several Ducks Unlimited national conventions uh, since I've worked here. And the, the auction items at the national convention are absolutely phenomenal. They really stand out. They go above and beyond to create these just awesome auction packages. And, and so I really encourage everyone, you know, you can register for that right now if you go on to ducks.org, um, ducks.org slash events. You can find the national convention listing right there. Go on. You can register for the event. Get prepared. Uh, prepare a watch party. I'm sure every state has something a little different plan, and it's going to d- definitely be... You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. 
Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Really exciting. I just want to shift here in our conversation and, and talk a little bit more, you know, about some of your experiences. Cause those are some of the questions that I get, um, when talking about, Hey, we're going to do a podcast with the DU CEO and like, Hey, well, what's, you know, what does the DU CEO think about this or that? And, and, you know, one thing that, that always kind of stuck out to me, you know, look, knowing your background in policy, um, how do you navigate the wetlands conservation issues from a policy perspective, knowing that you've sat on the other side of that chair in, you know, in Congress, you know, that you've had, you know, probably even, I'm not sure if you did specifically, but probably had DU, you know, volunteers come and meet with you regarding wetlands policy, you know, when you were in Congress. And so I, I'm just curious if you can kind of explain that, how you take those pol- that policy background and you really walk that into what DU does from a policy perspective. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it is funny uh, to, to, to view all of this through the lens of a recovering politician, right? <laughs> and, and, uh, and I was fortunate to represent Central Florida in, in Congress for a decade and, and uh, to serve in the legislature and to serve as, as commissioner of agriculture. So I've seen the linkage between the role that public policy plays and our conservation mission. I mean, you probably, you know, if you ever read our magazine, you can't hardly get an issue without understanding uh, this, this crazy acronym called NACA, you know, this, this federal bill that essentially D, that DU takes those raffle ticket dollars and matches with state money and then matches with NACA money, wetlands restoration dollars from Washington and so that's how we take that $1 raffle ticket and make it $3 to protect habitat and grow more ducks, to fill the skies with waterfowl. And, and so understanding how all of that comes together and how you build a coalition of support, because not everybody is a duck hunter and not everybody uh, sees the world the way that we do, but, but you build a coalition with folks who do believe in clean water and do believe in restoring wetlands. And you, and you add to that a coalition of farmers and ranchers who are the original stewards and the original conservationists who have as much to lose as we do uh, from bad public policy. And so that leads to partnerships with 
USA Rice or with the National Cattlemen's Association. And so having been there and, and, and built those coalitions in a world that, that's so bitterly divided about so many things, but seems to be able to agree that conservation's important. We've seen some pretty cool bipartisan wins this summer on conservation. And it's flown under the radar with a lot of other bigger news that's been going on. But for the ducks and for the conservation movement writ large, it's been a good year for conservation. And so, you know, my background, uh, having been on both sides of that as a as a farmer and rancher and as someone who had to answer to the people every two years in an election, having some insight into that, I think, does add value to Ducks Unlimited as we are looking to make new friends uh, and, and build out those partnerships so that we can continue to deliver on our mission and so that we can reach a broader audience and so that we can frankly grow the next generation of waterfowlers who fall in love with the same activities that we all are in love with. Absolutely. And that, you know, just stressing the bipartisanship of that, I think that's a, a very strong point there. And, and, you know, the partnerships, these partnerships that the Ducks Unlimited has, you know, are very far reaching. There's, you know, several different organizations, multiple, you know, probably hundreds of different organizations that we work with or more. Um, but you recently, just in some, you know, kind of recent news, uh, kind of breaking news here on the podcast, um, you recently signed an MOU with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and the Safari Club International. Can you kind of just explain what that memorandum of understanding means? Well, you know, the MOU is like this bureaucratic term, but what <laughs> it really means is, you know, we've, we've really got a handshake, handshake agreement that we're in this thing together and, and we are partners in conservation. And so, you know, as a cattleman myself, as a rancher and, and, uh, and, and recognizing the, the abundant wildlife that I see on, on our family's ranch, uh, some of which are endangered, some of which are migratory, but, uh, but they're, they're all in abundance. And, and that story is one that, that goes across the country, right? So if we're gonna if we're gonna grow more ducks, if we're gonna protect more habitat, it begins with working lands. Those lands that are both feeding the world, paying taxes, creating jobs, and creating that that habitat for uh, wetlands, uplands, waterfowl, etc. And and so the cattlemen were just a logical partner for us to reach out to, and they embraced it. I mean, this whole deal came together very quickly between us, the Cattlemen Safari Club, uh, who have a pretty big overlap with our members, uh, and U.S. Fish and Wildlife was also a part of that discussion. So it's, it's a gr again, you're about, it's about making friends, right? And that, that coalition to get things done. And, uh, and, and if you think about it, agriculture, the American farmer and rancher, they're declining in numbers. I mean, they're aging out. There's fewer of the next generation who want to do it. We're seeing consolidation where the Smith family and the Jones family are selling out to such and such corporation. And so they face declining numbers. We face in the conservation world, hunting and angling, declining numbers. And in general, we also face in agriculture and in conservation, a growing disconnect with society. As we get further and further removed from the land and from outdoor activities and from hunting, the rest of the world begins to understand less and less about where their food comes from 
and less and less about why people like to engage in hunting activities with their family. It just comes from a grocery store, right? Well, that that's the mindset, right? That, Absolutely. And that's not just the mindset of kids anymore because we're now multiple generations away. You've got grown adults who vote, who teach, you know, who are leaders in their community, who who don't have a good understanding of the conservation world or the agricultural world. So this is a logical partnership. It's a big deal for us to have this partnership with the cattlemen, and it's going to yield benefits both for for them, for them and their industry, and for Ducks Unlimited and conservation. No, that's great. I mean, I, I stress that all the time. And Mike, Dr. Mike Brazier, my co-host here, we talk partnerships all the time. Another thing that we talked, which which you've thrown out there, is the alphabet soup of conservation. We threw out MOU this time. I think that's the first time. We'll go ahead and mark that down. We've thrown out NACA and EQIP and CREP and all these different programs. So um, we'll add that to the list of acronyms that we throw out there. Let's move on and let's talk about, you know, more of a personal perspective for you. Like I said, it is September it's fall. Everyone's getting excited as far as the duck hunting, waterfowl hunting, duck and goose, obviously. Um, what are you kind of most looking forward to this fall from that perspective? Maybe it's not even hunting. Maybe it's, you know, something you know of another trip that somebody else is doing and you're, you know, excited for them. But just what exactly are you looking forward to in fall? You know, fall is my favorite time of year. And it and it's my favorite time of year because it's hunting season. It's football season. You, you know, you've got those... Uh, crisp afternoons and, and, uh, a, an excuse to build a fire. And, and what all of those activities have in common is that it generally means people are, are coming together and, and, you know, congregating and, and spending fun, quality time with one another. And, and so what I hope that we're going to get at some point in this fall is the opportunity to gather again you know, the opportunity to share stories around a fire, the opportunity to be in back in the marsh, be back in the woods together and uh, and do it in a safe way. But but to, you know, continue this, gosh, this just timeless tradition of uh, of bonding in in the outdoors. And uh, and and so, gosh, I'm just excited about it. I, you know, it may, it may be just one more disappointment in 2020 for me, but I don't think so. I mean, I I, I believe that we're going to get a little taste of that again. And I think that maybe unlike in past years, we're not going to take it for granted. We're going to value it for what it is because it was ripped away from us for the last for the last several months. And uh, it's not going to be normal. It's not going to be completely back normal for a while. But I can see normal from where we're standing again for the first time in a while. And, uh, and so when I think about the fall, I'm, I'm just pumped uh, about uh, the opportunity to once again be back together with family and friends uh, around our common outdoor sporting heritage and, and be able to, uh, to grab those shotguns and head to the woods and be in a blind or be in that dove field here in early September uh, and... And, and, and continue to make that long line of memories that our kids are going to remember for the rest of their lives. Spoken like a true optimistic duck hunter there. You know, always always looking towards the skies, expecting uh, big clouds of, of birds to show up and, and not doubting that they will. Uh, my last question for you here uh, before we, we get you off the podcast is, and this is more of a personal question, um, because I've, I've read several different things on your background and, and a couple different interviews that you did earlier, um, maybe early last year. Uh, you mentioned one of your most favorite things to do was snook fishing. And I 
I didn't grow up in Southwest Florida, but I, my grandmother lives there. I have a lot of family members that live there. And I've always said that if I could find somewhere that I could catch snook and shoot specks, I'd probably move there because those are the two favorite things to do. But my question for you is, knowing that I spend a lot of time down in Southwest Florida, Pine Island, Matt Lachey, Fort Myers, Marco, are you willing to share any of those secret snook spots you've got down there? Because I know you've got some. Well, I've got a few good spots. And, uh, you know, if I had been on season one <laughs> of your podcast, then maybe you'd have been on my list of people that I would share some numbers with you. But now that you've actually managed to accumulate a following of a couple of dozen people uh, in your podcast audience, I don't think I'm willing to share it with all of them. But I can tell you that uh, Southwest Florida, uh, which is where I spent time learning how to fish and, and, and growing up, uh, is just a, a special place in, uh, you know, Bull Bay and Turtle Bay and around uh, around Pine Island and uh, Yuseppa and Cabbage Key. One of the best cheeseburgers in the world is there on Cabbage Key. You got to take a boat to get there and find it. And uh, pretty good snook, red, and trout fishing. But uh, it seems to be ladyfish that always find their way into my boat, bleeding all over everything. Yeah, the ladyfish always make an appearance. Well, Adam, I appreciate you joining us today on the podcast. And I personally just want to say that it is our producer, Clay Baird's fault that you didn't get on until season three. So I'll throw him under the bus right now. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> back up that truck on his back. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I'd like to thank Ducks Unlimited CEO Adam Putnam for being the best guest we've ever had in three seasons. I'd like to thank Clay Baird, the producer, for putting together an awesome podcast. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us and also supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation.
The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside.